You are listening to Cornelia Church. Passion for God, compassion for people. All right, good morning, Koinonia Church. God is good all the time. Yes, he is. Welcome to you. If you're new here, we are glad that you're here with us this morning. I believe that you're in for a treat. We're beginning uh, a new series uh, today. And uh, we are looking for the next couple of weeks, really moving into a new season for the next six weeks, uh, what's called a season of prayer and intercession. And if you've been in Koinonia for a while, you know that we kind of have been moving in this direction. Our emerging leader was on the same topic, our emerging leader, All Church Summit. And uh, today we're going to con- uh, start this series uh, where we're going to be looking for the next six weeks on Sunday mornings uh, at this topic and then gathering into small groups during the week uh, and going deeper. And I don't want you to miss the season that we're in right now because I believe that God is in fact uh, shifting something uh, and he is ready to meet his people. Uh, and so this morning, whether you're new to Koinonia, whether you've been here forever for a very long time, whether you're new to the faith or you're uh, a veteran of the faith of many decades, that today is for you. And what I hope to do over the next few minutes is, is to, to create in you a hunger uh, for uh, who you are called to be as a part of the family of God and how you can participate uh, during, this, uh, during this time that I believe is really, really important. Uh, I, I have prepared some notes today and because I have written so much of my notes down and I want to make sure I say things correctly, I'm actually going to read a lot of my notes today. So if you see me staring at my, my notes, it's not because uh, I, I don't know where we're going. It's because I want to make sure that I, I say some things in just the right way uh, today. So first of all, I just want to, I want you to know this. Any Christian who desires to can become a powerhouse of prayer. Any Christian who desires to can actually become a person of prayer that is praying not just nice prayers, not just prayers for your meals, not just rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, not just eloquent prayers, but prayers that are powerful, that actually change and move things, that break the strongholds of the enemy, and that release the blessing of God into lives. That's what you and I are called to do. And in, in any time uh, of great challenge in, in our life in this world, it requires a group of people who understand how to make it through the challenge if they're going to be victorious in their life. And in this moment, I, I know that you know this, and I, it's not, I'm not like telling you anything new, this moment in our life is full of challenges. Uh, if, if we look at our economy, uh, financially speaking, uh, we've got some challenges ahead. Uh, we, we don't really know what's going to go on with the economy. We don't know if there's going to be a recession. Certainly right now we're experiencing inflation. We're experiencing high prices of everything. Have you noticed this? It's like uh, every time you turn around, we're paying more at the grocery store, more at the gas pump, more at everything else. Uh, and, and we just don't know what's going to happen. The next step could be a recession. It could be people losing jobs. It could be a financial crunch. We're not really sure what's going on, but, but we've got some financial challenges. We've got political challenges. We've got division in our nation. We've got uh, elections that are coming up, and it's seems like they're coming up tomorrow, by the way, that everybody's yelling us, uh, at us all the time about, about what's going on. And, and it's challenging to know how to vote, what to do, how to move forward on, in our life. There's moral confusion in our culture all around us. People are not sure what to do. Have you noticed? It just seems like what, what used to be right is now wrong. What used to be wrong is now right. And people are confused about everything. There's such a high level of confusion in our world. It's a challenging time. It's a challenging time if you're working 
a job, if you're raising a family, if you're in a marriage, there are some things that we're dealing with. Maybe you're in a health crisis. There are so many challenges in our life. The question is, how are you going to make it? How are you going to make it through the challenges that you're facing and that we're facing in this life? The reality is, is that some people don't make it. Some people don't do very well in the midst of challenge. They, they, they don't make it through the race. So other people, they make it through, but just barely. <laughs> they, they just kind of hold on and they, they grit their teeth and, and, and they hope to make it through and they just sur barely survive getting through life. But there's, there's a group of people, there's a few people who understand that there's more to living the life of following Christ than just holding on and barely making it through. There's, there's more for us than, than just sort of grinning and bearing thing. I guess this is the way it's going to be until I get to heaven and then everything is going to be fine. And so I just got to put up with anything. No, the reality is, is that there's a few people who understand that in order to thrive in the midst of a broken and perverted world, that you have to go to another level. In, in order to actually make it and be successful, because the reality is, is as a follower of Christ, you in fact can live at a different level. You, in fact, can't walk through all the things I just mentioned, the financial challenges, the, the challenges of our culture, the challenges of the, the divisiveness in our world. You can actually live through these things and live actually with joy and peace and goodness and wisdom and know what to do and know where to turn and know how to go because you can live at a higher level in the kingdom of God. That is, you have access to something that the world doesn't have. You have access as a follower of Jesus to something that the world might be running around like chickens with their heads cut off, not knowing what to do, not knowing where to go, not knowing how to live. But you as a follower of God, you can understand how to hear God's voice. You actually have access to the King of Kings who will tell you where to walk, how to spend your money, how to live life, what's right and what's wrong, how to raise your kids, how to protect your kids in, in this season and in this generation. You can actually live at a different place. You can receive power for breakthrough for the things that you're facing in your life. You don't, you don't have to just put up with the thing, oh, I guess this is the way it's always going to be. I guess I'll just always struggle with this thing. I want to tell you that's a lie from the enemy. You can receive power for breakthrough. You can receive power for something new to happen in your life. You can be victorious while everybody else is falling to the left and right. You can actually be the head and not the tail. You can live at a different level. Now, the key, the difference maker, I want to tell you this morning, the difference maker is that you live and understand prayer and intercession. The difference maker for us as followers of Christ who are going to live not just at a basic level, but who are going to live at a victorious level is if we know how to access heaven and draw heaven down to earth. And that happens through prayer. That happens through intercession. Now, what is prayer and intercession? It's, it's simply standing in the gap between the promises of God, which we sang about this morning. The, all the promises of God are yes and amen. We stand in the gap between the promises of God that are real in heaven that the Father wants to send to us and the situation in our life that is broken or the individuals in our life that don't have it. And we're standing in the gap, interceding, drawing the promises of God into the situation or into the person's life. We do that through prayer and intercession. We do that by beginning to go before the throne room of God and say, Lord Jesus, would you bring down heaven to this place? Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth today as it is in heaven. Prayer and intercession is the work of actively, uh, I'm sorry if I can read my notes, actively inviting his kingdom to come and his will to be done. I like this. It's the brush that paints the earth with the manifest presence of God. Don't you want your home to be filled with God's presence and peace? Boy, I, there, there's been times when my home has not been filled with God's presence and peace. It's miserable. 
It's miserable. But, but when peace lives in your house, when God's presence lives in your house, there is a sense of goodness and grace that hovers over you, and, and you can, in fact, live in peace. But that does not happen by accident. That happens by a people who understand how to pray and intercede and to break into a new level so that those things that God has for them, actually, they're able to receive them. So during this, this series over the next couple of weeks, what we're going to do as we look at uh, this topic of prayer and intercession is that I, I want you to g give you a basic understanding of what prayer and intercession is, how we actually go to an, an, another level in prayer. And I, I want to break some of the myths maybe that exist around this thing called intercession. I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of intercession. Uh, if you think, you know, of someone waking up at 2 a.m. in the morning and, 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 and they're, you know, on their face in a prayer closet or, or I don't know what you see when it comes to intercession, but I want you to paint you a picture of how every single one of us in the house of God, every person that follows Jesus is actually called to this thing called prayer and intercession. I want to give you a vision of how each of us are called actually through intercession, through prayer, to change families and lives and cities and communities and nations. That we're actually part of this thing. We're not watching someone else do it. This is not a nice idea for some great Christians who have been in the church for a long time and that really know how to pray beautiful prayers. No, this is for every single person who's in the room today. I want to increase your faith to understand and utilize prayer as a powerful weapon that can bring down spiritual strongholds and reap a harvest of souls. That's who you're called to be. That's what you're called to do. But we have to understand how to do it. I want you to learn how to stand in the gap and build hedges around our families and our kids and this community and this church and around nations. That's what we're going to learn how to do in this season of prayer and intercession. In, the, in this church, I want you to know this, in Koinonia Church, there are to be no fence sitters over this next six weeks. There, there are no, there to be no sideliners, no second stringers, no backup team members. We are all called on the field. Prayer is an all call. Whether, whether it's your first day in the family of God or whether it's your ninth decade in the family of God, we're, this is an all call. We're all called to invest ourselves and press into a new level of prayer and intercession. That might scare you. That might excite you. It, you might not even know what I'm talking about. You're going, Pastor, you're the most weirdest pastor ever. I don't know what you're talking about. This is for you. I just want you to know you are invited to the table. Not only invited to the table, you need to be at the table over these next six weeks. I don't want you to miss what God has for you. The ministry of prayer is not for somebody. It's for everybody. It's for you. Prayer is the great equalizer. That's what I love about it. You know, whether you're a pastor or you're a retiree, whether you're sighted or you're blind, whether you're able or not so able, whether you're rich or you're poor, whether you're advantaged or disadvantaged, whether you have a lot of followers on the socials, you don't have any followers on the socials, you don't know what the heck the socials are, and you couldn't follow anybody if you did. <laughs> Wherever you're at, prayer is the great equalizer. If you're stuck in your house, you can pray. If you've got a bracelet around your ankle, you can pray, right? <laughs> you work in the penthouse or you work in the outhouse, you can pray. Right? Prayer is for everybody. You can pray at work, you can pray at school, you can pray in the boardroom, you can pray in the washroom, and you can pray in the weight room. 
It, there is no limits to prayer, who can do it, how you can engage in it. All of us are called to prayer. When you pray, you step into the realm of the supernatural. You enter the throne room of heaven and your voice is heard. Your voice is heard just as my voice is heard. Your voice is heard right there in the invisible realm where the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords sits on his throne and at the right hand there is Jesus and when you go into his presence and you begin to lift up your request to him, you have entrance right there. You, he hears every single thing that you say. You have authority and you have power and you have an invitation to be at the table and to be in the game. But the reality is someone has to do it for it to do anything. Someone actually has to pray in order for prayer to work. We can talk about it, we can learn about it, we can study it, we can sing about it. The truth is, is we have to do it. We have to pray. And I'm just calling you as the pastor of this church, this is a season of prayer. This is a season to step up your prayer life. If you don't have a prayer life, get a prayer life. <laughs> if you don't know how to pray, learn how to pray. This is a season we can do it. We're gonna do it together. This is a season where I'm calling you to stretch a little bit further than you have before. It's a season not just to do what you've done before and assume that it's going to work. This is a season for us all to get on the field and to push together into the realm of the invisible, of the supernatural, to be able to see what God actually wants to release right now in this season on this church and in this community. There's some new things that God has for us. There's some new uh, tools and, and, and things that he wants to release to us. There's some new breakthroughs that are coming. There's new healings that are coming. There's new restorations that are coming. But all of us as a church, every single one of us that's in the room, man, woman, child, old or young, doesn't matter. All of us, if we gather ourselves together and we begin to push into the realm of the supernatural, we're going to see in this season some breakthroughs like we've never seen before. During the Second World War, uh, there's a story about Winston Churchill, who was, of course, the prime minister uh, during that time. And uh, he was well known as an orator, one who, who really fought the battle of the war of words more than anything else uh, during that season. And, and he would go from town to town, and he would visit and encourage uh, people as much as he could. He spent a lot of time with troops. He spent a lot of time in the factories, just raising the morale of the people uh, of his nation to let them know that they could do it. And it was a time that he visited kind of an out-of-the-way section of the country and visited the coal miners that were there. And uh, during that time, he, he said this. He said, we will be victorious. We will preserve our freedom. And years from now, when our freedom is secure and peace reigns, your children's children will come and they will say to you, what did you do to win our freedom in the Great War? And he said, and some will say, I marched with the Eighth Army. And others will say, I, I, I manned a submarine. And still others might say, I guided the ships that moved the troops and supplies. And another will say, I doctored the wounds. And then he paused and he looked at the audience, which was a group of miners, the coal miners, with their, uh, their, with their dirty, streaked faces. They waited for what he would say next. And, and he said this, they will come to you. And you will say, with equal right and with equal pride, just as anyone who was on a submarine or fought and picked up a weapon, or anyone who doctored the wounds of the soldiers, you will say, I cut the coal. I cut the coal that fueled the ships that moved the supplies. That's what I did. I cut the coal. I want you to know, church, every believer, it's time for us to dig in. 
It's time for us to cut some coal. It's time for us to do some work. Right now, in, in this season, there is no one that, that I, I just want to say it this way, you don't have to respond. You don't have to engage. But you can. And your prayers can be heard in heaven. And your voice can be lifted up and result in the moving of mountains that seem impossible. And you can speak to situations in the life of your family and in your marriage and in this community and in your workplace. And you can see things move that you thought would never move before. You can speak to broken bodies and see them healed. You can speak to broken situations and release God's goodness in them. You can speak peace over situations that you imagined could never receive the peace of God. But you're going to have to step into it. You're going to have to do it. And if you want to do it during this season, I just want to say right now, right there in the quietness of your heart, if it speaks to you that you don't want to miss out on the season, you just say, God, I'm in. I'm in, God. I don't want to miss out. Use me. Use my voice. Use me and teach me to pray. Use me, Lord Jesus, to begin to move things, declare things, and shift things on earth because you said, Lord, whatever we ask, you're going to do it. And you just decide right now. You covenant with God right now. You just whisper in your heart and say, Lord, I'm in this. I don't want to miss this. I don't even know how to do it, but I'm going to learn how to do it. I'm going to reach out, Lord, in this season, and I'm going to grab a hold of the hem of your garment, and I'm going to pull until something happens because I want my name to be known in heaven. I want you to hear my voice. No one else may ever know your name on earth, but if Jesus Christ hears your voice and knows your name in heaven, then you're in the game. You're in the game. So if you want to get the most out of this series over these next couple of weeks, and I'm just asking you to commit at a, at a higher level, uh, I, I want to encourage you not to miss Sundays over the next six weeks. Uh, we're going to be every week building, uh, and, and we're going to be going deeper. And so I want to encourage you to make a commitment over the next six weeks to be here on Sundays. If you, for some reason, can't make a Sunday, watch it online. It's, it's so easy. It's so readily available, but it requires a commitment to do that. I want to encourage you, get into a group. Get into a small group. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you're afraid of people. <laughs> uh, may, maybe that just seems terrifying to you. I want to encourage you, get into a group. What, what, what we'll do during the week is that we'll gather together in groups all across uh, this community, some in the church, some in people's homes, different nights of the week, different days, different times. Uh, and we're going to go deeper in what we study on Sundays. We've produced a video curriculum that we've recorded as the pastors of the church. Uh, and, and we've made a, a study guide that you'll get in the group. And, and you're going to gather together and you're going to learn how to go deeper, how to pray. And then you're going to pray together. And it's going to be a workshop where you're going to actually begin to apply what you're learning. And I want to encourage you to do that. And there's still time to sign up for groups today. I want you to encourage. We're going to, all the groups start this week. Uh, and, uh, and, I, and we do have this, this study guide that we've prepared. If, you're, if you sign up for a group, we will give you one of these, of course, uh, in the group. But I also know that some people, for whatever reason, you can't make it into a group. And my goal is not to make you feel guilty. Uh, I, I think the best place for all of us is to be in a small group. But if you can't do that, and I understand that, then, then I want you to still study with us. Uh, we have this curriculum available that you can buy at guest services. These are $3 a piece. Uh, and uh, you can get the videos online. And we want you, every man, woman, and child, you can do this with your family. You can, you can gather a group of people that don't go to this church. Uh, you can gather somebody in your neighborhood and say, hey, you want to study God's word? They're, they're learning how to, uh, how to pray. Then come over to my house and we're going to do this together. I want to encourage you to do that. That's how you can be involved over this next six weeks. And finally, I, I want to uh, encourage you to actually pray. 
I want to encourage you to step up your prayer life. Maybe you don't have a prayer life, you start a prayer life. Uh, and you could come on, sun, on Friday mornings at 6.30 a.m. We gather each week for all church prayer. Uh, and, uh, and, and for you, it might just be a commitment, you know what, I'm going to go. Uh, I've never been up at 6.30 a.m. in the morning, but I'm going to try for this next time. <laughs> I don't, you know, for some, I know it's, it just seems incredible uh, that time. I was talking with somebody this week, uh, and we're having some amazing prayer times. Uh, they're just incredible. Uh, and, and a guy who, who was there uh, on Friday morning, he said to me, Pastor, when you said that uh, you were calling the church to prayer at 6.30 a.m. on Fridays, he said, I thought you were crazy. Uh, he said that that's just the that's the worst time and, and, and he said then I realized that at 630 in the morning no one in my house needs me uh, he said at 630 in the morning they're, they're just barely waking up if they're not even up yet and no one needs me and actually every other time in the week I'm needed I'm needed at work I'm needed at home I'm needed of help uh, and and this is actually a time when I can come and seek God's face and then he thanked me which was a pretty amazing thing for for gathering the church at 630 in the morning I don't know if, if you come on Friday mornings make the commitment to come on Friday mornings Maybe for you, it's just you're committing to pray. Gather a friend, to call a friend, say, hey, let, let's start to pray once a week. Let, let's walk and pray. Let, let, let's do, you pick a time, you do it. Get some accountability so that you're doing it with someone else, but actually apply what we're talking about. Just commit in your heart, God, I'm going to another level and I wanna learn how to pray. And if you do these things during this season, you're gonna see some things break out in your life. You're gonna see some new things happen uh, and you're gonna learn how to go to a deeper level and how to live live at a higher level. Now let me make uh, some statements to you, uh, seven basic beliefs about intercessory prayer, uh, and then I'm going to make some declarations to you about the season uh, th that we're in and, and what God is going to do in, in this season. If you want to follow along in uh, the notes, they're available digitally uh, on our Church Center app, and you can go there, bottom right corner, click more, and then click sermon outlines, and you'll get the notes with the fill in the blanks and all that stuff. Uh, of course, you can take notes uh, physically as well. They'll be on the screen as well. So seven basic beliefs. Let me just give you a fly over very quickly about intercessory prayer, why it's important and what it is. First of all, intercessory prayer is found in scriptures. This is not just something that, that I've invented. <laughs> this is not just a nice idea that we've added to the scriptures. It's actually found in scriptures from Genesis to Revelation as a definite kind of prayer to which God responds. There's lots of different kinds of prayer. And, and the truth is, is not all prayer is equal. And there are some types of prayer that seem to begin to shift and move things. There are some types of prayer that God responds to. That it's almost as if it's more, it is in fact more powerful. Uh, and it's, it has to do with who's praying, how they're praying, and there's a pattern of prayer. And intercessory prayer is something that we need to understand because it is a, a, a powerful weapon for every single believer. Secondly, intercessory prayer is demonstrated by many of God's chosen leaders. If you were to do a study through Scripture, you'll just find over and over again, if you pay attention to how they pray, you, you'll discover uh, how, basically, you'll learn how to pray, how to do intercessory prayer. The ministry of intercession has awesome results. Job, Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, Moses, Esther, all of them prayed powerful intercessory prayers, and you can learn so much just by doing a study of them. Number three, intercessory prayer was a prayer commitment of the first apostles, the first disciples, and the first church. The early church was bathed in prayer. And this is not just a nice idea that we're adding on. This is actually fundamental and foundational to the life of the church. As, as a church family here at Koinonia, we're really committed that we would be a house of prayer as a church, and that prayer, everything that we do, would be bathed in prayer. 
That whether we're coming to a Sunday morning service or we're coming to a small group or wh whether we're gathering for an event or whatever, we, we want to make sure that we're involved and invested in prayer. When you come in on Sunday morning, you should expect to hear prayer. You should expect to get prayed for. You should be encouraged to pray, to pray for other people. That's because prayer is essential to the life of the believer. And we have to actually stir ourselves up in the area of prayer because if we don't, we're going to miss out on what God has for us because prayer actually releases something that we can't have access to otherwise. It's not just enough to read and memorize Scripture or to know the books of the Bible, or to come to church on Sundays. There's a different level for us to live at when it comes to intercessory prayer. Number four, intercessory prayer was and is the chief ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the mediator between God and man. He is the intercessor between God and man. He is presently in heaven interceding for you. Jesus is in heaven praying for you. He knows your name. He's praying for your life. He's praying for your kids. He's praying for your work. He's praying for your character. He's praying that you would overcome uh, in this world. He's praying against the works of the enemy. He's actually interceded. Jesus prayed on earth uh, when he walked on the earth, and he prays in heaven now. He's not going to stop praying as he's at the right hand of the Father. He is interceding for you, and we are to imitate him. We are actually to look like Jesus. Number five, intercessory prayer is the responsibility of every church that is ruled by Christ and his word. As I said just a moment ago, Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Now we have to also remember that we're, when we talk about prayer being the responsibility of the church, we have to remember we're not just talking about a, a, a church organization, we're talking about the people who are the church. Because the church is, in fact, you and me. We are the church. We're the living, breathing uh, body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the church. Uh, and that means we are called to this thing called prayer. Number six, intercessory prayer is being restored to the church worldwide with what might be the greatest single emphasis since the first church in the book of Acts. Lots of people are learning how to pray. This is, this is something that the Lord, I believe, is restoring to the church. Today, there are movements of prayer that are incredible. It is now possible, and it does happen frequently, that millions of people are mobilized in prayer for a specific region or a specific area of spiritual breakthrough that can happen because of email and internet and connections that are instant, and now we can be mobilized in prayer as a church. And isn't it incredible to think that your prayers can be combined with the prayers of the church in China, with the church in Pakistan, with the church in India, with the church in Africa, and we can pray together, lift up our voices to the Lord, and he hears all those things. It's a powerful, powerful reality. And then number seven, intercessory prayer is a call of the Spirit to every believer now, today, in order to take back our cities, our regions, our nations, and our world for the kingdom of God. You know that if we just sit and watch, the world will burn I mean, literally, in lots of different ways. The world will, will just burn up. It, it, will, it will be lost. But when we begin to go to our Father in heaven and we begin to pray against corruption and violence and injustice and the drugs that are on our streets and the consumerism that's in our hearts and the self-focus that exists within us, there's power to actually begin to shift and to change things. We're not just bystanders, wa bystanders watching the world burn, we can actually be engaged in the battle for the kingdom of God in this place. But it's, it's whether or not we will embrace our calling.
Let me talk to you about understanding the season for just a moment. <clears throat> of course, we're calling this series a season of prayer and intercession, and then I'm gonna make some declarations about this season. In 1 Thessalonians chapter five, Paul says, now concerning the times and the seasons, you have no need to have anything written to you. In, in other words, there's a season that you have to understand. There's a time that you have to understand. We, we're, we're in a season right now uh, of the establishment. Now, really, Jesus introduced a season of open heaven and the building of the church and God's blessings raining down and expanding the kingdom of God on the earth. That's the season of time that we're in, in the general sense. Because the moment that Christ came and was victorious on the cross, died and, and was resurrected, now we're introduced into a new season of time. I mean, we have to understand the season that we're in. It's a season of planting, of building, of expansion. But there are many seasons underneath the season of what God is doing. Uh, and, and just as the natural seasons, right, there, there are natural seasons that we're familiar with, um, fall, spring, summer, winter, we're not really familiar with them in this area because we have experienced them because we only have two seasons in this place, but uh, we're familiar with them because we see in other places there's such a thing called four seasons. It, it, just as in the natural there's seasons, right, and in every season of time, uh, there, there is a, uh, uh, something that happens during that season, something different is going on in winter. It's a time of, of rest and recuperation, of replenishment, of renewal. Spring, of course, is a time of new growth and, and freshness and, and breakthrough and new life. And, uh, and, you know, fall is a season of harvest. We, we know th these kinds of things in the seasons. And, and it, what's interesting about seasons of time is, is that seasons are, uh, are not necessarily defined by uh, days and hours and seconds. Uh, it, it, I, even though on our calendar sometimes it says this is the first day of summer, the reality is there's a sense in which we move into a season uh, at, during a, a, a certain period of time. And we're not really sure exactly when we stepped into the season, but we understand now we're in a new season. Now we're in, in spring. And it's been, we, we understand it's been coming for a while, and, and, but we can't always put our finger exactly where it's at. But once you're in the season and you understand what it is, then you understand what, what's going on. And the, the Bible uses, in the New Testament, there's two Greek words that, that speak of time. The, there's a, a word called chronos, and some of you are familiar with this. There's a word called chronos, which is where we get our uh, word chronological from. And chronos speaks of, of, uh, of time as in seconds and minutes, like the time of a clock. And, and then there's a, another word that's used, that, that's kairos, and, and kairos really doesn't speak of chronos time, doesn't speak of clock time, it speaks of season time. It speaks of an appointed time. It's kind of like what we're talking about, the natural seasons when you're shifting into a time uh, of living life. Now, all of us live in the level of chronos time. All of us live uh, with an agenda and dates and times and things that we have to do. This week, my wife and I, just a couple of days ago, were talking about what's going to happen next week. And many of you will do this. You have to align your week, right? You have to align your calendar. We've got work. We've got the kids' school. The kids have to do this or that. They've got games. Uh, We've we got, we got appointments. We've got meetings. You know, and, and, so, and all of those things are part of the Kronos time that's very important for all of us to live in and understand. We, have to, we, have, we live in Kronos time. Uh, and oftentimes, we will just go from one thing to another thing to another thing, driven by chronos time, and we won't understand that there's a higher level that we can enter into, and that is kairos time. It's like chronos time is kind of like this basic level of, of the natural world that we all live in, but there's another level that exists above chronos time that is kairos time, that is the time of the seasons, that is a time, uh, the time that God is actually inviting us into, he's inviting us to come up a little bit higher from just 
just understanding what we have to do next to understanding the higher meaning and significance of what he's doing in the midst of all the next things. That he's actually stringing and weaving together something of our lives and doing something that's more than just the next meeting. Right? And when you're stuck on Kronos time, you just think, oh, well, I gotta do the, that's just the next thing I gotta do. I just gotta get it done. I gotta go through the motions. I, I gotta go to church. I gotta do, you know. But when you step into Kairos time and you allow God actually to draw you up higher, then you begin to understand how he is actually working in the midst of all the Kronos moments. And he's actually weaving your life together like a master uh, a craftsman who's, who's, who's stitching a garment together and he's drawing out all of the significance of the individual moments and making them into something beautiful in your life. And when you begin to perceive a Kairos understanding of life, then you understand that my, my, my activities in life are actually significant and meaningful because I'm part of the, what God has actually prepared for me to do in advance. Paul says he's prepared good works in advance for, for us to do it. And so you have, when you step into that kairos living, it actually gives meaning to your life in a way that you don't have before because so oftentimes we're just blind to what God is actually trying to do. And he's saying, hey, would you look up a little bit? Would, would, you, would you be willing to step up into a higher understanding? Because I want to do something in your life and I want you to understand that the things that you're going through are not just individual activities that you have to make it through. There's actually actually something that I'm bringing to bring, uh, to bring meaning to your life if you will allow me to draw you to a higher level of living in a higher season. So when we're talking about the season of time that we're in, what we're talking about is, is lifting our eyes up from where we are right now and, and realizing that God is at work at a higher plane and he's inviting us to understand what he's doing. Now, if you want to live beyond Kronos, and you want to go to Kairos, the way to access that is through prayer, is through intercession. Because when, when you enter into the realm of intercession and prayer, what you do is you begin to open your eyes, spiritually speaking. You take the blinders off that so often we, we just have received from our natural life of, I got to do this, I got to do that, I'm going to do the other thing. And, and now we go before him and he begins to speak to us the significance and the meaning of what all of these little things are doing. And he says, you didn't understand what I was doing there. You didn't understand that the thing that you went through was not just another meeting, that that was actually an appointed time when I wanted to do something and I was doing something and if you would only have perceived it then you would have been able to step into it. And the meeting that you have meeting with somebody over coffee is not just a nice thing for you to have a relationship. There's actually a God appointed thing for you to do in that moment to speak life and goodness and grace maybe for you to receive that from them but that only happens if we're willing to go to a higher level and prayer and intercession moves us as individuals from Kronos time to Kairos time. It moves us from a time to where we finally understand how to see promises fulfilled and God to work powerfully. And so the kind of prayer that we're talking about in this season is a prayer that actually lifts us out of this, this natural plane and takes us into a supernatural plane. Because that's how we're designed to be as the church of the living God. We're designed to be people that are not just living by our physical eyes, we're not just living by our natural senses. We're living with a spiritual understanding that God has actually put us for such a time as this in this place. And so I just want to make a declaration to you about this season that, and what God is going to do and is doing in this season of time. 
Uh, and I'm gonna just going to make, I think it's eight declarations to you. Uh, and, and, I, and I want you to receive these as an encouragement in your heart uh, and also an inspiration that I want, I want you to think, yes, I'm going to step into that. The, 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 that's the Kairos moment that I'm going to grab a hold of. Oh, I'm, I'm not just talking about, to you as the church, making sure that you chronos come together on Sundays and that you chronos go to the meetings and that you chronos do your time of prayer. That's all nice. There's something higher that we're reaching into. There's, there's a Kairos invitation that we have. So let me just begin like this. Number one, I declare to you that it is time, it is the season to break the bands of spiritual barrenness through intercession. Now, when we talk about spiritual barrenness, what we're talking about is emptiness, spiritual emptiness, spiritual fruitlessness, spiritual powerlessness. And you know that experience just as much as I do. There are times when it's just like your prayers, they yield nothing. There's, it just doesn't feel like anything's happening. And, and you go and, and, and you maybe even pick up your Bible or you do spiritual activities and they're just empty. There's nothing that seems to be coming out of that that is of good fruit. You're going through the motions but there's no actual spiritual power that's the result of that. That's spiritual barrenness. That's, that's doing the, the, the behaviors of spirituality, but not actually, it's not resulting in any transformation in our life and in our power. And that's because there are oftentimes these bands that restrict us. There's limiting factors in our life that are causing us not to be able to enter into the realm of power and breakthrough. And those limiting restrictions will keep us from being able to see God's goodness uh, in our lives, keep us from being able to experience his breakthrough uh, because we're stuck in the old. And I'm just declaring to you right now by faith that this is a season of breakthrough. This is a season of moving to another level, that, that though you have been limited and restricted and unable to break through, though you have tried before to pray and you have been un unable to pray, though, though you have tried before to overcome an addiction and you have been unable to come uh, an addiction, though you have prayed for something to happen in your life and nothing has happened, this is a season, now is the season of deliverance. This is a season of breakthrough. This is a season of beginning to break the bands. And how are we going to do it? Through prayer and intercession through going before the living God, King of kings and Lord of lords, going into his throne room and beginning to understand how we can step to another level. And if that's for you this morning, I want you to reach out for it. If you're dealing with an area of your life and you haven't been able to break through, this is a season of breakthrough for you. You've been dealing with addiction, this is a season of overcoming. You've been dealing with limitation, that's not a godly limitation, this is a season of breaking through into a new area and a new realm. You've been waiting and waiting and waiting. I just want to say, this is a season when your ship's coming in. This is a season when God's going to move. This is a season where you're going to see things begin to shift in your family. You're going to see it shift in your kids. You're going to see it shift in yourself. Number two, I declare to you, it's time to receive spiritual blessings after sacrifices have been made through intercession. There's a principle in Scripture that, uh, well, it, it's a principle just in real life. You know the principle, no pain, no gain. That you have to pay something if you're going to get something. That, that there's actually an investment that's required if we want to go to another level. And Proverbs says, in all labor, there is reward. And there is a season right now, this is a season right now, where we can expect that we will receive according to what we're willing to invest that we will actually get out of this season what we put into it. 
And see, God is not a guy that he should lie. When he says, ask me uh, for bread, he's, he's not going to give us a stone, but you have to ask him. You actually have to engage with him. You have to actually be willing to press in uh, to the things that he has for us. And after sacrifice, after investment, after paying the price, there is always spiritual blessings, always goodness that God is going to give to us. And, and I don't know what your sacrifice is during the season, but generally what we're talking about is a sacrifice of time. It's a sacrifice of convenience. It's a sacrifice of obedience, saying, yes, Lord, I'm going to actually do the thing that you've asked me to do. I'm going to stop distracting myself or avoiding it or rationalizing some way around it. But I'm actually going to pay the price of pushing into this area, and I'm going to push in. Why? Because I want what's on the other side of the pain and the investment and the seeds that I'm sowing. And as you seed the, the things into the ground, as you sow the seed into the ground, you can bet that that will come back to you and it will come back to you not just onefold, but tenfold and a hundredfold because God is not a guy that, God that he should lie, but he actually watches everything that we do and he simply waits and he says, are you going to do it? Because I'm ready to pour out rivers of living water and buckets of blessing upon you for every person that's willing to set things aside and to sacrifice. This is a season to press in, guys. This is a season to press in. Not everybody's going to do it, but but if you're willing to do it, you're going to receive on the other side. What are you going to sacrifice in this season? Are you going to sacrifice your comfort? Are you going to sacrifice your calendar? Are you going to readjust some things? Are you going to say, well, let me, let me just see if God is really true. Let me see if he's good for his word. Let me, uh, you go ahead. You test him in this season. You're going to discover there is great blessing on the other side. Number three, I declare to you that it's time to draw water from God's wells of refreshing through intercession. There's time to draw water. And, and there, there are, uh, there's a principle that God has given to us the availability of rivers of living water. Jesus said, uh, for anybody that comes to me, I'll give them to drink, and they will have rivers of living water that are available that will be flowing out of them. But the reality is, is that even though that's a promise for each and every believer, many times we don't experience it. Many times we don't see it, and it's because we're not willing to, because it requires us to actually draw out the water. If you, today we, we understand the importance of wells and water, certainly in the Central Valley. And these days, my neighbor just had a, a well go dry, and, and uh, it's, it's, it's a rough thing when you don't have access to water. Uh, and so, of course, what he did is he called in a, a, a well uh, digger, and they drilled down whatever it was, in this particular case, 400 feet. These days, in, in, the, in the valley for farmers and such, they're, they're drilling down a quarter of a mile, a half a mile, down into the ground in order to get a long-term supply of good water. And they pay the price, right, of actually dig. That's a very expensive well. <laughs> it's a very expensive well. But they understand the principle that you have to draw out. It's not enough just to have an aquifer of water that's below your feet. You actually have to go down there and get it. And, and I just want you to know this is a season right now of drawing the water out. This is a season of you actually picking up the pitcher or the ladle or whatever analogy that you want, the cup, and you begin to draw out the water. Because if you don't, it'll just go by and you'll miss it and you won't see it. It's available to you, it's available to me, it's available to all of us, but what we have to do is beginning through prayer and intercession to draw out the fresh water that will enliven us and strengthen us. This is a season of spiritual refreshing and revival. The alarm bells of the divine clock are sounding as the last days close around us. It is time to draw water from the wellspring through intercession. It's our responsibility to do it.
It's our responsibility to be refreshed. If you want to be sustained in this season, then you need to actually begin to draw the sustaining water out. Because he'll, he'll never leave you thirsty, he'll never leave you dry. He's always available for you. He's got more than enough for, for what you need. And I tell you what, in this season of time, we have to be a people that understand what our true source of supply is. Because if we just rely on the world to, to fill our needs, then we will sorely be disappointed. We will find that the world doesn't really have much to offer. And if we don't understand how to draw the wells, draw from the wells, then we're going to miss out and we're going to dry up and we're going to blow away. This is a season of drawing from the wells. Number four, I declare to you, it's a time to resist satanic strategies through intercession. It's a time to resist satanic strategies. The enemy has a strategy for your life. He has a strategy for your kids. He has a strategy for your marriage. He has a strategy for your work. He has a strategy for your friends. He has a strategy for your body, for your health. And I tell you what, it's not a good strategy. His plan and his purpose is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And my question to you is, do you understand his strategy? And what are you doing about it? This is a season of actually beginning to resist through prayer and intercession the plans that the enemy has. James says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That happens through prayer and intercession. Prayer and intercession actually prepares us for the unexpected moments of attack because they they will come. They're the tests that come with no prior warning. But when you are in prayer and intercession, the Lord tells you. He gives you a heads up and he prepares you for what is to come. That's what Ephesians talks about. Paul says, put on the armor of God. Well, how do you do that? You do that through prayer. You do that through intercession. And he prepares you for the attacks that are going to come. And it's time for us to do the work necessary so that the Lord can actually give us a heads up of what the enemy is planning. And so when he tries to come with his clever schemes that we're not surprised because we have been prepared by the Lord. And in prayer and intercession, God is going to show you what's going on in your family, what's going to go on in your kids. He's going to show you how uh, to protect them and to prevent them from being drawn into the world. See, because the the world wants our kids and the enemy desires to pull them in and he's offering to them all kinds of things to distract them and to bathe them in the culture that is awash with sickness and, and, and he's seeking to pull them away from us. But through prayer and intercession, you as a parent will begin to see what's going on with your kids and you will no longer buy into the lies that they're telling you or that the world is telling you because the Lord is saying, no, here's what's going on and this is what you're going to do and you're going to discover you already knew in advance that you're not surprised anymore. You're not take, it's not, wow, what happened? No, you knew what was gonna happen because through prayer and intercession, God has revealed it to you. This is a season to resist. It's time to resist. It's not time to give in. It's not time to do what we've done before. It's not time just to say, well, the old things will work. This is what I did before. No, this is a time to say, God, prepare me today because what's about to come, I don't know, I don't expect. We've never been this way before. So God, would you please, would you please prepare me? That's the season, that's the season we're in. And as we do that, the enemy's lies and his plans and his strategies will be exposed. And it will be so clear to you that you'll almost laugh. There he is again. Yep, see ya. You don't have any new strategies, enemy. Number five, I declare to you, it's time to dream again through the power of intercession. It's time to dream again. What was neat about prayer is that when you're in a time of prayer, it's almost like, the, the boundary lines between the physical and the supernatural begin to thin. 
and you begin to see things uh, that God is doing. It's, it's when dreams and visions are very easily accessed is, is in times of prayer. When, when, when we're in prayer meetings and worship meetings when we're seeking the Lord, uh, people begin to, to see and hear things uh, from the Lord. They, he, they receive words, we receive visions, we, and it becomes very easy to receive new and fresh insight. It becomes very easy to receive faith. I, going into a prayer meeting, I, I'm sure you've had this experience before. Going into a prayer meeting, sometimes they'll think like, man, I don't, I don't know if I can make it through this day. I don't know if I, I've got what it takes. I don't know if, if, if I can overcome. I'm feeling weak. Man, the things that I'm doing just seem fruitless and, and, and hopeless. And I go into the prayer meeting and think, well, okay, God, you know, I, I, I don't got it. And that I come out of the prayer meeting and say, thank you, God. You can do anything. There's no limits to your power. I've got faith to go on. I've got faith faith for breakthrough. You can move in my family. You can move in my life. You can move in my finances. You can move in situations. God, there's nothing that's impossible for you. You're a God of breakthrough. You're a God of the impossible. And so on the other side of prayer and intercession, there's new vision, there's new faith, and there's new hope. And if, if all you do is live on this side, then you'll go through life saying, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. Maybe, maybe, maybe God will do something. I, don't, I hope so. I mean, I hope somebody's praying. I tell you what, you come on the other side of prayer intercession, that's the people I want to live with. That's the people I want to be with. That's the people I want to be encouraged by because they're people that have met with the living God that understand that he has given them a new day, a new opportunity, new things ahead, that he's made all things new, and that he's a God that's not stopping or quitting. And so that's the, where we're going. Where This is a season where it's like, hey, let's go to a new place because God has fresh vision for you and for your family and for your kids. He's got things for you to do. He's got work for you to do. And if you're feeling like, I don't know, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if God has a plan for me. I don't, I don't know what, what the plan, I don't know the meaning of anything. I just want to, it's time to pray. Yeah. Let, let, let's get together. Let's pray. Let's gather our hands together and let's begin to press in because you will begin to see that God is not finished with you and he's got great things in store for you. That, he's, that his plans and purposes are bigger and greater than anything that you could ever imagine. But if you stay on that side, you'll never see him. So this is a season of stepping into a new place, a season of the dream again. Number six, I declare to you it's time to confront our present ungodly, degenerate culture through intercession. I like that one. Let's, let me read that one again. It's time to confront our present ungodly, degenerate culture through intercession. Have you noticed that our culture today has replaced absolute uh, moral standards with situational ethics? It promotes illicit sexual pleasures and instant gratification. You know this. I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know. We've called evil good and good evil. We've confused beyond any rational thing. We've, we've confused our ability to reason. There is such confusion today. Oh, my goodness. People don't even know up from down. The, the things that people are repeating to each other as if they're true, and it seems that they're making them true by creating new terms and phrases and renaming things. And that, that's, this, is, this is all just a cultural thing, but it's more than a cultural thing. It's a spiritual thing. There's a spiritual thing that's going on. So you don't confront a culture that is broken and caught up in spiritual darkness by being angry and yelling at it and very often even trying to reason with it. You confront that culture through prayer because what we're dealing with is we're dealing with spiritual strongholds. 
We're dealing with spiritual realities. And so it's time to, to stop just being angry and complaining about how things are. And it's time to begin to pray and say, God, we've got a situation here and I can't convince people. I can't change people. You're the only one that can. And God, you understand what's going on. And I pray that you'd open people's eyes because they're caught in darkness and they're believing lies and they don't know up from down. But Lord, you in a moment can change things. And so I just pray that you would expose the work of the enemy. You begin to change and break the, the, the plans and the strategies and the lies that he has gotten over people's hearts and minds. And so as we begin to do that, then there's a confrontation in the supernatural. And then things begin to change. You got a family member that's off the deep end. It usually is not the greatest thing to just confront them and start yelling at them. I tell you what, it'll really work if you pray. Because God will do something that you can't do. Now, I'm not saying you'll never talk to them, but I'm saying you better talk to God first before you talk to them. He'll tell you what to do, what to say. He'll guide you. He'll make your words guarded and choice and effective because this is the season that we're in of realizing our battle is not against flesh and blood. Number seven, I declare to you it's time to prepare another generation through warfare, through the warfare of intercessory prayer. See, we, we all know there's another generation coming up after us, and some of you are here this morning, young people, and we love you. And, and every generation has a problem of judging the next generation, right? And if you're over the age of 40, you're looking at the next generation, you're going, what is up with them? Right? Because we just don't understand them. You know, we, we don't understand what they're going through. And, and isn't this the story of cultures and generations? This is, this is just the way that it works. Uh, and so instead of judging the next generation, what we have to understand is, is that next generation, they're dealing with different problems. They, they have different needs, they have different strengths, different perspectives and experiences. And what they need is not for us to yell at them and tell them how they're not doing things right. What they need is for us to introduce them to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that they would have a fresh encounter with the living God because God has a plan for the next generation. He has work for them to do. He's got a purpose for them and he's gonna uniquely work in them. And it's time for us to go to war on behalf of our kids and on behalf of the next generation. Generation. And to say, we're not going to let them go. We're not going to give them up to the world. We're not going to actually just sort of give in. We're actually going to go out and meet the enemy where he's at. And we're going to say, give up my kids and give up my grandkids. And they're not yours. They're in this house and this house. We're going to follow the Lord. This house belongs to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So enemy, give up my kids. Let them go in the name of Jesus. It's time. It's time to fight for the next generation. Number eight, I declare to you, it's time to make bold requests through intercession. It's time to make bold requests. This is not time to play patty cake. This is not time to pray nice prayers. This is not time to do the rubber dub dub, thanks for the grub, yay God, prayers. It's time to go to a new level in our prayer. Far too often we pray little prayers because we have little faith. We pray for things. I'm not saying you shouldn't pray about everything, but sometimes we're just like, we, we just, we pray about lame things. And it's just, it's time to pray a little bit bigger. It's time to understand that you're here for a purpose, that you're here for a reason, that God actually has you here and he's got you marked. He's got his mark on you and he's got prayers for you to pray and you can unlock things in the supernatural realm and you can pray prayers over generations and over nations and over cities and unlock blessing and unlock God's goodness. And if they're never prayed, they won't be prayed. 
If you don't pray them, they're yours to pray, and they're yours to get a hold of. They're yours for God to give. But if you never actually do the work, then they will not happen. Esther 4 says is this, and many of you know the story of Queen Esther, who is in a place of authority, uh, and uh, she, she's uh, an incredible opportunity, and yet it's a terribly a fearful place because if she does the wrong thing with the king that she serves, then she can be put to death in just a moment. Uh, and this is what uh, Mordecai, her uncle, says to her. He says, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this? And Esther didn't fully comprehend her time and season. She, she didn't really fully understand that God had put her where she was and that she was to do certain things. And very often that's how we are. We don't fully understand where we're at and the fact that God has placed us here. And we'll spend a lot of time saying, oh, woe is me. I, what is going on? And may, I don't know, God, if you can use me. And, and what is this? It seems like I was born in the wrong time, the wrong parents, the wrong people, wrong side of the tracks, wrong everything else, wrong. I mean, we do all these kind of stuff. And maybe God puts you exactly where you're at for a reason. And I want to tell you, he actually did. He puts you where you're at for a reason. The people that you're related to, they're actually some people that God has given to you as ones that you can actually claim and bless and pray over. They're your territory. It's your place. And this is a season now of beginning to open your mouth and ask for bigger things. It's what Philip Brooks said, pray the largest prayers. You cannot think of a prayer so large that God in answering it will not wish you had made it larger. <laughs> pray not for crutches, he said. Pray for wings. Now is the time to ask boldly. We're not asking for riches or for promotion for ourselves. We're asking for the extension of the kingdom of God. We're asking for the prodigal to be returned to the house. We're asking for salvation for those who far away, are far away from God. We're asking, Lord, for breakthrough. We're asking that our streets would be flooded with your goodness instead of with injustice and unrighteousness. We're asking, Lord, that you would shut down the shops that promote things that are not good, the pornography shops, the sex shops, all the drug shops, the tobacco shop. Lord, that you would shut down those things and that you would change hearts and minds that you begin to move in situations like never before. We're asking, Lord, that justice would reign in our streets, that, that the blessing of the King of Kings would be on our land, on our territory, on our businesses, that the King's County would be your county, you'd be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Lord, do more. We're asking, Lord, that you would take this church and it would explode and there would be many thousands who would come to know you and that you would do that in every other church in King's County. There'd be not one church that would be overflowing. They'd need other services. They'd need other buildings. We're asking you for supply of financial resources, Lord, to push forward the kingdom of God in this place. We're asking that poverty would be broken and that there be a new understanding and a mentality of what God is going to do. We're asking, Lord, that you begin to shift things in people's hearts and minds. They begin to reach into heaven and grab a hold of what you have for them. God, that people would not give up. We're asking that you break the spirit of suicide in the name of Jesus, that it would no longer have a domain in this county, that the spirit of apathy would be broken in Jesus' name, and that instead people would rush into the kingdom we're asking for new things to happen in this place. We're asking that this county would not be the least, but it would be the head and not the tail, that it would be a place of blessing and goodness and grace. Do it here. It's time for us to pray bold prayers. 
God, would you bless my family and would you enlarge my territory? Would you take me to another place? Would you make me the boss at work instead of just the worker? Pray some bold prayers. Would you stand to your feet because I got praying and I got excited <laughs> and now I'm out of time. Listen, would you just open up your mouth right now? You just begin to pray. Just lift up your voice. Say, God, would you come? Would you change us? Would you fill our mouths with prayer, God? Would you give us a hunger for intercession? Would you teach us, Lord Jesus, how to pray? We don't want to be on the sidelines. We want to be right in the game. God, we don't want to give up our families or our kids or the next generation. We're not giving up on our community. We're not giving up on the plans that you have. So God, would you come right now? Would you begin to shift and break some things inside of us? Would you make us a people of prayer? God, would you help us to see the visions that you have, the things that you want to release inside of us, the things that you want to do in our family? God, how we can be a blessing to those that are around us. How when we open our mouth, you hear us, Jesus. And so would you change our hearts so that we would begin to break out of the old thing and come into the new thing. Call us, Lord Jesus, to a higher level. Call us to a higher place of commitment. Call us, Lord Jesus, and we want to respond to you. We want to hear your voice, and we want to do the things that you called us to do. Give us the strength, Lord Jesus. Give us the strength that we don't have on our own to be able to say yes to you. Give us a hunger for the things of God, for the things of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, would you descend upon us? Would you give us the spirit of prayer and intercession, the spirit of breakthrough in Jesus' name? Let it rest on our homes, God, that when we wake up in the morning, that we'd be drawn to prayer. When we go to bed at night, we'd be drawn to prayer, that our thoughts would come back to you and our, we would be reminded that we can ask anything in your name and it will be done, that mountains can be move, that impossible situations can be broken. God, make us a people who have great faith to be able to reach out for the things that you have. So we just say, Lord, we're not going to be denied. We're not going to give up. We're not going to just live at a limited level. We're going to a new place in the name of Jesus. Teach us, God. Teach us how to pray. 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 If that's your prayer, just, just put out your hands to heaven. Just say, Lord, I want to be a person of prayer. I don't want to miss out on what you have. Lord, I thank you that you're a God who richly supplies. I thank you that the rivers of living water are available today. It's not just a nice idea, but they're actually something that we can, we can live off of. And so, Lord, would you pour out right now upon every man, woman, and child in this place, pour out rivers of living water, Jesus. Would you just meet every need? Would you, would you come, Lord Jesus? Would you heal bodies even right now? Would you heal minds? Would you change some things inside of our hearts, some belief systems that are out of whack, some things that are twisted and broken? Would you begin to break the bonds of the enemy and the, the things of the past that we've been carrying and we haven't been able to break out of? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we receive breakthrough today because this is a season of breakthrough. We receive healing today because it's a season of healing. We receive now, Lord Jesus, an ability to see beyond what we normally see that we're actually operating at a higher plane. Open our eyes, spiritually speaking, Lord. Open our eyes, open our ears that we would hear you, that we would obey quickly, Lord. We'd run to you. Oh, God, would you teach us? Would you teach us? Would you teach us? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. 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 Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the message, and we hope to see you on a Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Visit us online at kchamford.com, and if you want to support our ministry, click Give. Cornelia Church, passion for God, compassion for people.